15 official visitors for Tennessee this week on the last weekend of recruiting in the month of June. How much did the Vols move that needle for some of these five-star and big-time prospects? We'll recap it all here on a Monday, Locked On Vols. You are Locked On Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, happy new week, happy Monday, and welcome into Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On to go ahead and get started today. I'm Eric Kane at underscore Kaner on Twitter, at Locked On Vols. That's where you can send in your Twitter Tuesday questions for the mailbag edition of the show. That is tomorrow for you everydayers. Don't forget that. Any questions you guys have on... Uh, Tennessee football, recruiting, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be, you can send those in there at underscore Kaner and at Locked on Vols. All right. Appreciate you guys for being here, making Locked on Vols your first listen each and every day. We're a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. And we got a busy show coming up here today. Like I said in the cold open, we're going to re- we're gonna review. We're going to recap Tennessee's big-time recruiting weekend. Who did Tennessee move the needle with? And what are the effects that will come from this weekend? A little bit of that here in segment one. In segment two, Joe Milton, impressing at the Manning Passing Academy. But how how important is that, really, in the grand scheme of things? That And then we're going to get into those Chase Burns rumors in segment number three. It's too big not to discuss uh, here on a Monday morning. So that is your show rundown right here on Locked on Balls. All right, so Tennessee had a big weekend. Uh, big weekend in terms of I do think that they did pretty well, but... Uh, you had 15 official visitors that came in this weekend. Um, four official visit weekends in the month of June. Nobody came in and visited on the first weekend, I believe. Um, you had the 865 Live there on the Memorial Day weekend. Tennessee had one official visitor. And then you you got a couple the second weekend. And then the third and fourth weekends were big. 12 official visitors last weekend. 15 official visitors plus two un- or three unofficial visitors, a couple commits, and quarterback Jake Merklinger tied in Jonathan Eccles, and then uh, a nice edge piece in Danny Okoye, who came in unofficially for this weekend as well. And I'll tell you why that was important here in just a second. So it was it was a lot going on, right? And so what were some of the rumblings? What were some of the conversations like leaving campus on Sunday afternoon? I, I had a chance to catch up with a couple of these prospects leaving campus and, uh, of course, you know my work, Brent Hub's work, uh, Rob Lewis, Austin Price, Matt Ray, a uh, joint team effort led by, uh, of course, AP and Matt is over there at VolQuest.com. I encourage you to go check it out and, and review it here on a Monday. But we'll start with uh, you know a, a couple of guys, and I, I think that Tennessee did pretty well with. Um, offensive tackle Bennett Warren. Um, he's a guy that Matt spoke on when we previewed the weekend on Friday, and um, he's got a mid-July decision coming up, but he's been, you know, Tennessee's been in his top four, been in his top five for a long time, but he had never seen campus before. He had never actually got on here on the banks of the Tennessee River on the hill and walked around, saw the facilities, saw what it would truly be like to be a Tennessee volunteer. And he had a chance to do that this weekend and talk some football and and talk with some coaches and all that. And I think Tennessee made a move there, and I think that's big because when you look at this class and when you look at um, some guys who were already in this class and some guys who were still out there on the board. Very interior offensive lineman heavy, right? Um, even some guys we'll talk about here in a moment. And, you know, uh, William Satterwhite and Ronan O'Connell. Those guys are projected guards, and you've already got a couple of guards in this class and some developmental tackles. But I think Bennett Warren, obviously, is a tackle. 
And if Tennessee is able to get him at some point, kind of not not necessarily leaving campus, you know, this weekend, but uh, because of this visit, if he were to pick Tennessee, that'd be huge uh, because he's a highly rated four star offensive tackle that uh, Tennessee very much covets. Let's not bury the lead anymore. Let's get to those wide receivers. Five star, a wide out Mike Matthews, highly rated four star in state prospect, Amir uh, Amari Jefferson. Uh, I, I I was told, and of course, you know, I've, I've heard Austin say this. Um, you know, over on the general's quarters and on the mini podcast and everything, but I was told this as well. It's like Tennessee couldn't have done much better with those two. Um, you know, when you talk about the wide receivers, uh, the potential wide receiver options in this class, they always start, you know, with with that trio up top, you know, the two five stars and Ron Wingo and Mike Matthews and, the, and then Amari Jefferson, who Tennessee covets just as heavily as the other two. Um, of course, I think we'll start with him. I think you know, already a Tennessee baseball commit. He had a chance to meet with Tony Vitello this weekend, had a chance to meet, of course, with Josh Heupel. I think baseball is very much important with him. Now, how much baseball would he play if he gets to campus? That's to be determined. Remember, Trayvon Flowers came in to be, a, I believe, a middle infielder for the Tennessee baseball team as well, and he never, I think he, he saw some some time, you know, one spring a little bit, but that's that's pretty much it. Um, so, you know, we'd have to see and, and kind of track that as, as you go on as well. But I think Amari Jefferson, which Alabama had a whole lot of momentum in this one, I think Tennessee continues just to show like, hey, you know, we're here. Uh, we're, we're, you are a priority for us and we want to make this work. How big was this weekend? I think Tom will tell. But you know, for Mike Matthews as well, kind of really learning about the ins and outs of this offense, asking and getting answered a whole lot of football questions and exactly who he would be in this offense. Brew McCoy was his player host, and I think that that, um, that's big as well because Brew McCoy is a very productive guy uh, in this offense and can answer those questions because he just, you know, he just went through this, right? His first year uh, in uh, first year with Tennessee was last year, and I remember at the end of the year, maybe kind of leading up to bowl practices, he was like, you know, at first I didn't really understand it, but now not only do I know what to do, but I know why I'm doing it. And I think those questions being answered to guys like Amari, uh, Jefferson, and of course, Mike Matthews is huge. So sounds like Tennessee did a really, really nice job with those two wide receivers. How nice? Well, we'll have to see. A couple of edge rushers, Elijah Rushing coming in. He left early on Sunday morning, and of course, you know, for his time, he was even you know two hours uh, behind as well because you know his plane didn't leave until I think five thirty. I think his flight was maybe the first one out of McGee Tyson on Sunday morning, and. Um, he had a chance to catch up with VolQuest at the airport and you know, said that he, he really, really enjoyed it when go back and talk some things over. Jordan Ross is a guy that, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt spoke on him on Friday's show, but had to go back and, and kind of clip it out of the, of, of the podcast because you know Jordan Ross for so long is saying that Tennessee's been behind, Tennessee's been behind, Tennessee's been behind, uh, Tennessee was trailing, Tennessee was trending away. And then lo and behold, on Thursday night, he tells a national recruiting analyst that Tennessee's the leader. <laughs> and it's like, well, what? What's going on there? And, you know, Volquist checked check back into that and, you know, confirmed that Tennessee's up there as well. And he came in for his official visit. And all things seemed to be that he went that it went really, really well for Jordan Ross, a really talented edge player, a four-star. But, again, a guy that likes the process, loves kind of what's going on right now, and that is A-OK. You only get to do it one time, well, maybe twice, and this era with the transfer portal. But you know, we'll have to keep tabs on Jordan Ross to kind of see where he's at because he's kind of been a little all over the map here. But it sounds like he had a good weekend as well. And then the unofficial visitor that I mentioned, at least at the edge position, is Danny Okoye. Um, came in unofficially again because his timeline is not accelerated. He's not in any hurry whatsoever. And I think this is big because you get to get him on campus and everything, but you don't have to waste an official visit. You can get him back on for a, a game day visit officially for a weekend 
at Neyland Stadium. He gets to see all the atmosphere and everything that is a football Saturday here in Knoxville. And so uh, I think that's big. And it sounds like Danny Okoye, a really talented, again, edge rusher, um, had a good weekend as well. A couple more that I'll, I'll mention here. Uh, it sounds like Tennessee did a great job with uh, those guards I was mentioning. Uh, William Satterwhite, who Tennessee's been in a great spot with for a while, but it's kind of getting you know, down between Tennessee and Clemson. And we'll have to see exactly what happens there. Ronan O'Connell, uh, in-state prospect, uh, seems like he had a good weekend as well, but he's the guy that doesn't really talk an awful lot. And then one other guy that I'll mention that I think Tennessee did a really, really nice job with is um, is, is Braden Russell. You know, Braden Russell, or Braylon Russell, excuse me. Um, one-time Arkansas commits, going to come down to Tennessee and Arkansas. He's you know from the state of Arkansas, and he's going to make his commitment, his announcement on July the 14th. I think Tennessee did a really, really nice job this weekend. And having Peyton Lewis already in the class will not deter from trying to get another one or trying to get Russell in this class as well. So uh, those are some of the big ones that I think came out of this weekend and some of the news at least. But you had 15 official visitors. You had three more unofficial visitors. And all that coverage is over at VolQuest.com. And it'll go dead now, right? You know, leaving this weekend, it'll go dead period. And, and then it'll open up the last weekend of July where they'll, where they'll have that cookout. And then, of course, it'll go dead again before these guys you know, start to get ready for school and start to get ready for their senior seasons in, in, in the month of August, <clears throat> excuse me. And of course, you know, it, Tennessee will have a, uh, I would assume probably a couple of commits out of this bunch, you know, by that point in time. So we'll have to see. All right. When we come back, Joe Milton, he is shining at the, uh, the Manning Passing Academy, but really how important is that? Uh, I've got that question. We'll discuss this uh, when we come back right here on Lockdown Vols, but hey, the NBA Finals is over. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on all that action than over at FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you need to do is go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. Love betting on NASCAR. You guys know that. You guys know that that's kind of my weekend ritual, but also I'm watching close, not every, but close to all 162 of the Atlanta Braves. So um, arguably one of the best teams in, in Major League Baseball this year, the best team in the National League right now. Those futures for MVP, Ronald Cooney Jr., get them while they're hot right now. You can get it over to FanDuel.com. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey guys, want to thank you so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Don't forget about the mailbag edition of the show. That is coming up tomorrow for you everydayers. That is a mailbag edition of the show, so get in those questions at underscore Kane or at Locked On Balls or fill out those comment sections. Uh, recapping a little Tennessee recruiting in segment one. Going to get into those Chase Burns rumors in segment two. But right now, let's talk a little Joe Milton. So I'm sitting here, and I'm scrolling through Twitter a little bit. And uh, I see a I see a, a graphic put out by On3. Of course, I work for VolQuest. That is an On3 affiliate. And it says, 2023 Manning Passing Academy standouts. Okay. And it's got a list of the college quarterbacks who are there as counselors. And at the top... Of a list that includes Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Quinn Ewers, Devin Leary, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, and Riley Leonard is Joe Milton. Joe Milton's name is at the top, and that's cool. I mean, that's awesome. It's good for engagement, and of course, it's always good when you get the Tennessee brand out there and all that, and there's always going to be a Tennessee quarterback in the Manning Passing Academy. That's just 
That's just part of it. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what do they do? I mean, I've never covered the Manning Passing Academy. I've watched those, um, you know, that thing that we we talked about right here on Locked On Vols. I forgot the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, kind of leading up to the draft when uh, like four, like uh, Archie Manning was a producer of it. And he took four quarterbacks who were at the Manning Passing Academy and cameras pretty much followed them around at points in time throughout the season and kind of talked about their path from the offseason, their last year into the draft. Um, I forgot what that's called. But anyway, um, I got sent a, uh, an episode of Hendon, the episode of Hendon Hooker before it aired, and I got to do a review on it, and that was cool, and I brought it here on the show. Um, but, but, you know, that, that's really cool and all that, but, like, I don't, I don't know exactly what they do there. Like, I know they're counselors. I know that they're there kind of helping out the young guys. I know that they're there to pick the brains of – of Archie and, and Peyton and Eli, and, and and that's cool and everything. And you saw in that episode with Hendon Hooker, you know, sitting there with a notepad, you know, right next to some some of his fellow quarterbacks and and asking questions and and you know picking the brains of Peyton and Eli in those in those sessions. If you're a counselor, you get to do that. You got a couple of sessions to where you can pretty much ask them any questions. And I know that Hendon, uh, just remembering that episode, was asking Peyton about leadership, not only in the quarterback room but for the entire team, the defense, so on and so forth. And that's something that sticks out. But in terms of their athletic ability and like you know throwing the football and all that, like like what do you, what are you doing here? Because um, I don't I don't really know what that entails. I did see the video of Joe Milton throwing it like eighty yards on Friday night. I know you saw the video of Joe Milton throwing it like eighty yards on Friday night. That is cool. Um, that is unique. Not a whole lot of guys can do that. <laughs> okay. Um, but how much of that are they actually doing? Uh, you know, checking out an article over Saturday down south, and it was a tweet. That was highlighted from Jim, Jim Nagy, who is, of course, the operator and the guy that puts on the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, and um, says that you know they were doing some things on a Friday night, and said the quote says or the tweet says Washington Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton throw at the Manning camp, one of only three quarterbacks to hit the deep golf cart, and in parentheses he puts Washington's Michael Penix Jr. just hit it too. Fun night at work. Hashtag the draft starts in Mobile. So. Uh, the article highlights saying that Jim Nagy uh, said that Milton only one of three quarterbacks to hit the deep golf cart and passing skills competitions. Um, others in attendance noted that Milton's throws traveled upwards of 70 and 80 yards in the air. And that's cool. That's awesome. Um, I- I'm curious on kind of how, like what the workouts entail and how much of, you know, working out and throwing these guys are actually doing. I mean, of course they are. They got to get their workouts in. They got to stay sharp. And what better place to work out and all that than doing it at the Manning Passing Academy. But, like, this is not an Elite 11 type situation for these guys, um, I don't think. That's kind of where I'm getting at right now. So, anyway, like, it's always good to have a Tennessee quarterback at the Manning Passing Academy. There always will be one there. It's always good when people are saying that they're wowing and they're um, impressing with their, you know, their mechanics and their throwing motion and all that type of stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, what what all does it matter? Joe Milton was impressive you know, doing backflips and throwing throwing the ball 80 yards and not in warmups, but 80 yards in practice when he was the backup quarterback. So what can Joe Milton get from the Manning Passing Academy? Um, yeah, I, I just, I, again, I look back to that episode of Road to the Draft or Road to the Show, whatever it was. I'm going to remember the name of that that thing that Archie Manning produced sooner or later. But, uh, and I just think about <coughs> Hendon Hooker, excuse me, sitting there asking questions, learning with a clipboard, taking detailed notes, uh, talking, networking, communicating with some other quarterbacks uh, who were there. You know, at the time of uh, Hendon Hooker when he was there last year, I believe Anthony Richardson was there. I believe Will Levis was there. I believe Bryce Young was there. I believe some other quarterbacks were there. Let's see, Stroud, I believe he was there. Not all those guys were highlighted, but I'm pretty sure all those guys were there. And 
you know, I, I, I just think it's a great opportunity to learn more about yourself and learn more about how you can come back and lead a football team because Joe Milton will always be able to throw the football, um, at least in his prime, you know, upwards of 60 or 70 yards. Now, in a game, you're not going to be asked to do that an awful lot. What I'm more concerned about with Joe Milton is where are you on those intermediate throws? Can you hit sideline to sideline still good? Can you Have you connected more on those deep throws? Those deep throws not of 60 or 70 or 80 yards because, again, that's just not realistic football for the most part unless you're throwing a, a Hail Mary, right? Um, you know, that That's kind of where I am with Joe Milton. There's no reason for me not to believe that Joe Milton's not ready to take on this team to be QB1, to be the leader um, to, you know, in that huddle and that offense and that locker room because he's exemplified that. He showed that. Um, I think he showed that the last couple games of last year whenever he was filling in for Hendon Hooker. I think he's he said that uh, you know via his words, um, you know, meeting with the media. I think that other guys throughout spring practice have kind of said that and kind of backed his actions in, in that regard. Nico Iamaliava in particular and saying that he's a sponge and trying to learn and, and to be a resource for Joe Milton. So um, that's good. I, I think it's neat that he's, he's balling out and showing out at the Manning Passing Academy. I think that's cool. But I think more so than any graphic you're going to see out there that says Joe Milton's wowing with his arm strength of the Manning Passing Academy or, you know, Joe Milton impressing with 80-yard throw. And, you know, we all saw, and that's cool. I mean, he's a freak, right? I think the the bigger thing here is being around those guys and being around these other quarterbacks who are the best quarterbacks in the country outside of Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams isn't on this list. Um, and learning from them and nitpicking from them and taking some of their, you're not going to change your whole repertoire right before the season. I get that, but taking parts of their game and adding it into your, your tool belt, right? Uh, your toolbox. Um, and especially with, with the Mannings and Peyton and Eli to show you out there. And of course, about listening to Archie. So there's a lot more to bring home than just social media clout, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's, I'm not dissing anything. I'm just saying, this week can be way, or last week could be way more productive for Joe Milton for the conversations he had and bringing it back into the Tennessee locker room. So I just thought I'd mention that again. It is what it is, and Joe Milton's a freaking stud, and he always has been, he always will be, and he's going to impress with those backflips and that arm throw. But I'm excited to see him lead this team, and I think you are too. And it's going to be a new year. It's going to be um, an exciting year, and we'll see if Tennessee can get back to ten wins in the regular season, and who knows. We'll see if Tennessee can you know, try to tackle Georgia by the end of the season. We'll see if Tennessee truly is stacking good year on top of good year on top of good year. You did it last year. Can Joe Milne get done here in this year in 2023? We will see. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of what that uh, what that looks like. All right. We are going to conclude a Monday edition of Lockdown Vols. We're going to dive into these Chase Burns rumors a little bit. They're just too much to kind of to kind of sit back and wait for it to all play out. I'll give them more of that here in a moment, but Chase Burns' conversation here on the other side. This is Locked On Vols. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. we got a couple of minutes left here, so uh, we'll get into it. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday mailbag edition of the show. That is coming up for you every dayers on tomorrow's Locked On Vols. Let's get into it. Chase Burns. Um, I know a lot of you guys don't follow Tennessee baseball or don't follow it um, you know, religiously and say, well, I mean, who cares? It's not football. You'd rather have a left tackle, all that type of stuff. And that's all fair. This is a big deal, though, these Chase Burns rumors. And, um, you know, at the time of this recording, <clears throat> excuse me, Chase Burns is still not, his name is still not in the transfer portal. By the time you listen to this, say it's at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, 2 o'clock on a Monday afternoon, 8 o'clock on a Monday evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, um, I, you know, at this point in time, I would anticipate you would see Chase Burns' name in the transfer portal. Um you know, we'll see. These rumors of Chase Burns wanting to transfer, 
it, it, they're not brand new, okay? And if you follow my work on VolQuest.com, we've talked a lot about it this weekend, uh, myself and Austin Price. It's, it's not new, and, and a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, but having said that, I do think that Tennessee was in a really, really good position the last couple of weeks to hold on to Chase Burns. And Chase Burns was dominant, right? I mean, he, he he's, he's holding College World Series, not records, but he's his name is next to names that have pitched admirably in the College World Series. He's the first pitcher to pitch six-plus innings of relief with, you know, nine strikeouts or whatever, or no runs or whatever it is since, like, 1997 in a College World Series game. It's incredible. Um, but point remains, I, I do, you know, at this time with the with the rumors that started, you know, just spreading wildly um, on social media late on a Friday night, and, because credible guys, credible guys put out there, you know, reports expecting Chase Burns to, you know, fill out his paperwork and enter his name in the transfer portal, and, and, and those are credible. I'm not trying to discredit that whatsoever, but that happened on Friday night, and it sent social media into a stir, and of course, um, you know, the general's quarters into a stir and all that type of stuff, and um I just, I just wanted to say, like, this isn't new. Like, this isn't out of the blue. This is something that has been kind of going on for weeks and weeks and really, you know, more than probably about six weeks or seven weeks. Um, but I did think that Tennessee was in a really good position to hold on to their flame-throwing, you know, superstar at points in times two weeks ago after the Super Regional last week, um, you know, at, like while, while you're in Omaha. And um, it just goes to show you how – how things can change in such a hurry. And it's the same with traditional recruiting. It's the same with recruiting the the transfer portal. It's the same with recruiting players to your own roster. We're in an era now in college athletics where it's free agency. We're in an era where things can change by the second. And so stuff that's going on with Chase Burns here at Tennessee, that's the, I mean, the same stuff is going on to other programs as well. It's just magnified because Chase Burns is one of the best pitchers in college baseball. Chase Burns is going to be a top five pick in the 2024 draft, most likely. Chase Burns has a fastball that's so electrifying that it was put on the grand stage in the College World Series against Stanford, and he was the talk of the town. He was the talk of the sport. He was the talk of the, of, of the nation there for a little bit. Chase Burns is a good player. But in my opinion, what it came down to, it was a guy that, of course, was an All-American, is a true freshman, a Friday night starter out of the gate, in 2022 for the best, arguably the best regular season baseball team in NCAA history. I say regular season baseball team, but of course it didn't reach Omaha. It hosted a regional, it hosted the Supers, it bowed out in Supers to Notre Dame, a game away from Omaha. Um, but arguably that, you know, 57 wins, program record, um, hitting all those home runs, pitching was incredible. And Chase Burns was the Friday night starter. Okay, as a true freshman, he was an All-American. He was D1 Baseball Freshman of the Year. Um, he had a great year. He did. And coming into his sophomore season, you know, teams were hitting him. Teams were hitting him pretty well. You know, he he made uh, four SEC starts, I believe, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I do know this: in, in those limited SEC starts, to begin the conference schedule, he had a, an 11 plus ERA in those four games, and uh, that's just that's just not getting it done. Um, and so what's Tony Votello and Frank Anderson to do? They've got to make a move, right? I mean, you have a team that's talented. You have a team that's trying to figure it out. Obviously, the team went to Omaha, so the talent was always there. But you got to figure some things out. And what they did was they moved Chase Burns to the bullpen. They brought Andrew Lindsay in, made Lindsay the Friday night starter. They moved Chase Burns back, or Chase Dolander, excuse me, back to Saturdays. And they kept Drew Beam right where he was. And in my opinion, 
I just don't think that ever set well with Chase Burns. And I understand. I mean, you sit there and you look at the stats. It's like, what, what's a coach to do? Um, you sit there and look at the stats. You sit there and kind of you know take a deep breath and, and look at the situation. It's hard. It's humbling. Um, you know, these guys are good. These guys are competitive. These guys have a lot of pride in themselves, and and that's awesome. They also have a lot of confidence in themselves, and, and as you should. Chase Burns. There's no reason for Chase Burns not to have had confidence when he was struggling that bad. But in my opinion, I just don't think the mood of the bullpen ever set with him very well. And I just don't think that he was a happy camper. Now, that does not mean that he was a bad teammate. That does not mean that he didn't try. I mean, hell, he was one of the most dominant relief pitchers in the game. And that's why this is so head-scratching, right? The mood of the bullpen was obviously a downer, but maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Look at it this way. You're showing MLB scouts that you can start. You're showing MLB scouts that you can dominate out of the bullpen. You're showing MLB scouts that you're saving about 50 to 60 innings on your arm with that midseason move. That's huge, right? I mean, that's dollar signs. That's huge. I think this is a blessing overall for Chase Burns. I do think that Chase Burns was going to start again in 2024. Um, but I just I just think that that's kind of when it started. It just never set well with him. And so this has been something that's going on the last couple of weeks and everything. And, I, you know, there was a point in time, I'm going to be honest with you, where I didn't think Chase Burns was back at all. There was a point in time last week and a little bit or two weeks ago and a little uh, leaving Super Regionals, I should say that, that I thought Chase Burns was going to be back in Tennessee. Again, it just goes to show you how quickly things can change. And though at the time of this recording, you guys know this, I recorded the night before, so I'm recording in real time, talking to this microphone in real time at 712 Eastern time on a Sunday evening. Chase Burns' name is not in the transfer portal, uh, but I, I would expect it to be there. It won't shock me whatsoever if it's there. And, and a lot of times I don't just go out and talk about these things until it's actually official because, again, things can change so quickly. Um, you know, I, I didn't come out on, on Saturday morning and, and point blank say, I don't think Chase Burns is going to be back in Knoxville. I didn't. I, I believe that, but I didn't because things can change in a heartbeat. Um, but I think it's to a point, in my opinion, where at this point in time, I don't expect Chase Burns to be back in Knoxville. I expect his name to be in the transfer portal. So we will see exactly what it all plays out. Can something change between now and then, between now and when you listen to this podcast? Absolutely. Um, can you know? Can he enter the transfer portal and decide to come back to Tennessee? Absolutely. Um, you know, the only rule there is, at least it is for football, and I would assume it's like this for basketball and for baseball as well. The team can, <coughs> excuse me, the team can decide to, you know, if you enter your name in the portal and then you want to come back, the team can say, okay, well, you know, there's not a spot for you anymore. There's no scholarship. I, I don't think Tennessee would do that with Chase Burns, right? So uh, we'll see how this all plays out. It's it's kind of a gut punch, though. Um, one of the best pitchers in baseball. One of the most talented pitchers in Tennessee baseball and in college baseball. And if he enters the portal and leaves the program, that is a gut punch. It is. But at the end of the day, you know, do you want a kid that doesn't want to be here? Um, do you want a kid that's, you know, is is gonna be kind of kind of going through these range of emotions all the time? I, I just I, I I don't um I don't think so if you're if you're the coaching staff. Now, again, that does not mean the coaching staff didn't want to try to keep him. They tried <laughs> and they're still trying, but uh, I just kind of think that is where it is. So again, at the time of this recording, Chase Burns' name is not in the transfer portal. Um, I do expect that to happen though. And, and again, normally I would not come on here and talk about this until the name is in the portal because that's just kind of my style and everything. But the rumors and the conversation, it's been so big this weekend that I couldn't open up Monday's show and just not address it, right? Um, so those are my thoughts, and it just is what it is. And if Chase Burns goes through with this and, and goes into the transfer portal, you wish him the best of luck and 
you know, see what happens. Um, I would, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever good, ever, 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 whether it's a recruit or a guy that's leaving your team to ever try to bash him on social media. I think that's childish. I think you should grow up. Um, I understand the the anger there, but that's just, you know, you never, you never want to tweet at recruits. Never want to badmouth recruits. It just, you know, or, or players, it just doesn't sound very good, right? That's just kind of weird in my opinion, but um, it is what it is. So that's kind of where I am right now. We'll, we can reevaluate and see what happens on Monday, but that's kind of where I am right now. But I do want to say um, this is not out of the blue, but Tennessee was in a great spot to hold on to them. Things just change. Thing, things change in a hurry. Welcome to college athletics in this era. So no, that's that. All right. Let's get into it for a mailbag edition of the show. Twitter Tuesday, that is coming up on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to that. Get me in those questions at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols Everydayers. Appreciate you guys for being here. If you're new to the show want to be an Everydayer, come back tomorrow. Please subscribe to Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast. Guys, appreciate you as always. This is Locked On Vols.